Man, Covenant College, it is a joy to be with you this morning. Um, I'm excited to be here. And uh, that stems from our worship time together. Whenever I have a chance to come to chapel and worship with you guys, hear you singing praises to Christ, it encourages me. So you've encouraged me already this morning, and I deeply appreciate that. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. We're going to start with a secret. So I do love my job here. It is my dream job. It's something I've always wanted to do is be the AD of my alma mater. Um, But like most jobs, I don't love everything about it. And one of the things I don't love about my job is I actually sometimes have to do things like public speaking. And it makes me uncomfortable. I get a little nervous. Um, And ultimately, I care a little bit too much about what people think of me to want to do this regularly. So Grant Lowe came to me a couple years ago and said, hey, Tim, do you want to speak in chapel? I said, maybe, but obviously not really. And he gave me a couple of dates, and I was like, man, you know what? Like, those just don't work out for me. I'm sorry. And so I didn't do it. And then Stephanie Formenti said something to me, and, like, she's a little harder to say no to because, you know, we like Stephanie. And I was like, man, like, really appreciate you, but... You know, I'm not trying to do that. And then Brad Boyle said something to me, and I was like, Brad, Brad, that's cool, but, like, I'm not about that speaking life, right? So you got the wrong one. But ultimately, when we're looking at ways to discern God's will in our life, it's by listening to the people around us that are closely tied to Christ, right? So what I'm going to say is not theologically correct, but it's kind of how I think sometimes, right? Like maybe you have like this friend who you feel like is really closely tied to Christ and like when they pray, you feel like God like leans down and was like, what's up? Like, I got you, right? So that's Grant Lowe for me. Like I know Grant's closely tied to Christ. And so when Grant is telling me, hey, this is something that I think maybe you need to do, you need to think about that. So I'm here today in obedience to God's calling. Um, it reminds us a little bit of a, the story of um, Jonah and Nineveh. Not that y'all are Jonah, or not that y'all are Nineveh, I'm not Jonah. But God comes to Jonah, right? We all know the story. He comes to Jonah and he's like, yo, check this out. I need you to go like talk to these people in Nineveh. And Jonah's like, that is not for me. Like, I'm not doing that. In fact, guess what? I'm going to go the other way, God. Bye. Right? And then God says, cool, how about this storm comes? And then we know Jonah spends time in a whale and he's like, why don't you think about that? And actually you're going to go to Nineveh, right? But ultimately, that starts with obedience, right? Being obedient in the small things like this sets us up for the big things. So you think about people that you know that like are on fire for Christ, have a passion for him, and they, um, it's, it's like, it seems really easy for them to say no to temptation. It seems really easy for them to share their faith, like they're bold with it. Well, how do they get that way? It's with obedience, right? They're, they started by being obedient in the little things that helps them and allows them to be obedient in the big things, right? So that's the first takeaway for this morning is obedience. I'm trying to hit you right out of the gate. Y'all with me so far? All right, good. Um, so as the great 20th century philosopher, Notorious B.I.G. said, I got a story to tell. So before we get to it, let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Um, God, it's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to be at an institution where we can talk about you, we can spend time with you, and we can praise you together in this community. Um, Let's not take that for granted. God, give me the words to speak and give these people the ears to hear so that it is only you and what you have to communicate that comes through today. It's these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. So I'm going to take you back to the fall of my freshman year on campus at Covenant. I had Jordan shoes on, much like today. But I also had these baggy pants, this oversized shirt, and this backward hat. And I had a poster in my dorm room of Tupac. And the poster said, only God can judge me. However, I wasn't sure who God was because I was not a Christian when I came to Covenant. I didn't know him. 
to be Jesus and clearly not as my Savior. So to understand a little bit more about where I was at at that point, I'll share some about where I came from. So I grew up in a, in a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, that was economically repressed, sat out Chicago. It was economically repressed in the suburb I grew up in on a number of fronts. Um, at times there were drug deals at the end of my street. Sometimes I would have friends over, police would come and knock at our door and they'd be looking for the person in our neighborhood that committed the latest crime. However, my parents took me to church. But what I heard at church and what happened at home, there was a huge disconnect. So the, see, the environment that I grew up at home was abusive in a number of ways, physically and emotionally at the hands of those who were supposed to care for my welfare, sexually by a babysitter when I was in elementary school. So things were really, really hard. So to me, growing up, this meant God can't be real, right? Look at I'm living in this messed up situation, so surely there is no way that he's present in any of this. Because if he was, things would be different, right? And even if God is real, he definitely doesn't care about me. How could he? I'm in this messed up spot. So by my senior year, though, you know, Romans talks about when we look at creation, it's hard to deny that there's a creator. So I accepted, okay, maybe there actually is a creator. Maybe there is a God. It's what Romans 1.20 tells us. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from his workmanship so that men are without excuse. But was it the God of the Bible? Was it Allah? Was it someone else? I really wasn't sure. So by God's providence, I did end up at Covenant by the urging of some people at my church and the financial support of my grandfather. In that first semester, I'm free from this crazy environment I grew up in, but I'm still not a Christian, right? So I'm free, but I didn't handle this freedom with discipline or with obedience. I didn't do anything crazy, but I just hung out with my new friends, right? So if I'm math class at 8 a.m., but you want to go to Waffle House at 1 a.m., like, I'm your guy, let's do it, let's roll, right? So to the surprise of nobody, after my first semester, I had a 1.89 GPA. So I was worried that that meant I would have to move back home go to the local community college. Now, community colleges are great, got no issue with them. In fact, I took statistics at Chattanooga State. Don't tell the faculty, I didn't want to take it here because it was offered at 7.45 a.m. I'm no mathematician, and let's be honest, who I was in college was not getting up that early. So, eventually, I get my academic life together, and I become a graduate of this phenomenal institution. But stats continue to haunt me in my academic career. When I was later looking for a doctoral program, what classes do I have to take? There's a lot of stats. What are we doing, right? So one day, I'm sitting in class with a couple of my friends, and I was wearing glasses at the time, and I'm done. I'm completely over it. It's not connecting for me. It just doesn't make sense. I take my glasses off. I throw them on my desk. One of my friends sitting next to me starts laughing, and then one of my friends on the other side of me, Crystalline, looks straight into my eyes and says, do you know my God? And I look back at her puzzled. She says, my God parted the Red Sea, my God fed the 5,000, and my God raised Jesus from the dead so my God can get you through stats. So man, I was ready to go after that, right? And I did make it through. I even got a doctorate from the University of Alabama. We've had a hard week, but I'm still here to tell you roll tide. But my question, <laughs> my question for you today is the same question that Crystalline asked me. Do you know my God? Or maybe another way to say it is, do you know the God, the creator of heaven and earth, the redeemer of our sins, the one who is for us, who is not against us, who counts the hairs on our head? Do you know him? This is a question you need to answer because we know that it's unlikely that everyone here on campus and everyone here in this room is a believer, just like when I was here. 
Many students here have a close relationship with Christ and have given their lives to him, repented of their sins, and are trusting in him alone for salvation. Others, like me when I was in college, have an intellectual understanding of the gospel, but it hasn't actually led to heart change. So if this is you, let today be the day of salvation. As Crystalline reminded me that day in a classroom in Tuscaloosa, there is a God who really parted the Red Sea, who actually fed the 5,000, and who raised Jesus from the dead. The same God loves you. Do you know that? Do you really? How has your knowledge of God impacted the way that you live your life? How has it impacted the people around you? We were all born into sin. Jesus died on the cross for that sin. And as the old hymn reminds us, all the fitness he requires is to feel your need of him. Do you feel your need for Jesus? So why do I share this story with you? Well, because it involves you. It was my roommates at Covenant that lived an authentic faith in front of me. There was not this disconnect I saw growing up. They had a real faith in Jesus and it impacted everything. They had a joy that I just didn't have. So a question here to consider is, would your roommates or sweetmates be able to tell that you love Christ, that you're a Christian? Let me challenge you to let your light shine. Be who God created you to be so that you might become more fully alive in him and impact the people around you as a result. So not only did my roommates impact me, but God's provided in a number of other ways. See, the first 18 years of my life were tough, even traumatic on a number of fronts. But let me tell you about God's faithfulness. Let me tell you about how he's provided for me. So I'll take you back to my freshman year. What do most people do on Sunday morning? They go to church, right? So I'm not gonna be like the one person who doesn't go to church, right? So I go to church. There's also girls at church. Bad incentive, but it took me to a good place, right? So I'm at church. Look, I'm at Prez. And that's where I meet Frank Hitchings. He's one of the pastors there. Ultimately leads me to Jesus. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. But what had been broken by sin, my relationship with my family, as a result of the environment I grew up in, God said, I know you don't have a relationship with them, but I'm gonna bless you with three other men. A pastor that led me to Christ. My first boss when I worked at Wheaton invested in me, treats me as a son. My father-in-law who also treats me as a son. It's the story that we see over and over again in the Bible. God continues to provide for us. So let me tell you a little bit more about my guy, Frank. Frank Kitchings at Lookout Press. So beginning of my junior year, I was still going to Lookout Press um, most of the time. And he uh, preaches a sermon that catches my attention, right? So at the end of the sermon, he says, hey, if you want to talk more, um, let me know. And at the time at Lookout Press, they had like these little cards in the pew you could like fill out, right? So I fill one out. I'm trying to slide it to him on the down low because I hadn't told people on campus I'm not a Christian. I'm not trying to have that conversation. So I can't like stay and talk to him because my friends are like, what are you talking to the pastor about? Well, I actually don't believe the same things that you do at all, right? I didn't want to talk about that. But... Frank, I saw as someone who I could have that conversation with. So we started meeting about once a month, the cafe in the corner. I always came with questions about my faith. He really helped me work through those. And later my junior year, I was driving home to Chicago over spring break, and I was thinking about who I want to be after I graduate from Covenant. And on that trip, I decided the number one thing I had to figure out was am I going to follow Christ? What's my relationship with him going to look like? Because that's going to dictate the direction I go after graduation. And that takes us back to the question, do you know my God? That's the question that I was working through. So when I came back from spring break, I came back a little early because I was taking stats at Chad State. So I had to come back early for class. Um, see, I figured academic stuff out. You've got to go to class to like, get a good grade. It's amazing. Um, so we finally sorted that out. And I'm there in my dorm room, by myself alone, shout out to suburbs. And when I was there, um, I'm listening to um, 
a sermon that was preached the previous Sunday at Lookout Prez. It's my guy, Frank. So I thought, okay, I'm not doing anything. This is interesting. The title of his sermon is, of all the things that you long for in this life, what tops your list? And I thought, that applies to me right now. So I'm listening to this, and at the end, he had a couple ideas from C.S. Lewis that God really used to convict me. See, what I'd been doing is I'd been accepting Jesus' teaching, right? Jesus is a cool dude, like, love other people, love your enemies, live your life in a good way, right? I'm cool with that. I can roll with that. But I wasn't accepting his claim to be the Savior. And how many of you are doing that today? Well, C.S. Lewis tells us the only options that we're left with is that Jesus is either liar, lunatic, or Lord. We can't just accept his teaching without accepting his claim to be the Savior. So God used that sermon to convict me. At that point, I already knew I was a sinner and desperately needed a Savior, but I was just trying to figure out who that Savior was. So I got down on my knees, started praying, and God saved me right there in my dorm room in McClellan. Now, as believers, we know that our relationship with Christ does not free us from hard things, but it does promise that our king is with us in the midst and still providing for us. For example, I still have anxiety from a traumatic past. I still go to counseling. But who better to be with us than the one who knows us the best, who loves you the most, who has the power to do something about the situation you are in. He has seen your tomorrow, and he knows what you need today as a result. Amen? So, Four takeaways to hit you with before I go. The first is, you're more influential on this campus than you think. My interactions with my roommates had eternal significance for me. The second is, no matter your background, God can use you. My childhood was a hot mess, but God saw fit to use me for his glory. And that's the story we see over and over again in the Bible. As 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29 tells us, Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Third, get involved in a local church. There's a lot to offer you, and you have a lot to offer the community of believers. Along with my roommates, Frank Hitchings changed the spiritual trajectory of my family for generations. Heaven will be more full as a result of Frank and my roommates. And then finally, do you know my God? My prayer is that you do. So let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. We're grateful to be here. Um, We're so grateful for the opportunities that you've given us to grow in you, to know you, Lord, that you know us. It's incredible, Lord. It blows my mind. Let us steward that in a way that brings glory to you. And for the people that don't know you, God, draw them close to you. Come alongside them. Let them feel your presence. Let them come to know you during their time here. It's these things we humbly yet boldly ask in your name. Amen.